Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad to have you here with us today. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Judah Thomas, and I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive. And we welcome you at all of our campuses, Torrington, Terryville, New Britain, and online. We are so glad to have you with us as we worship and praise God today. And we are kicking off a brand new series today called Tricking Jesus, tricking Jesus. I wonder if, if we've ever tried to trick Jesus before, right? It's like, like, well, maybe he didn't see that, right? You know, it's like you, you do something, you're like, you know, maybe, maybe he just was looking the other way, you know. Well, anyhow, throughout the Bible, we see uh, Jesus, uh, people trying to trick him, trying to trap him in things. So throughout this series, we're going to be exploring uh, some of these things. And, and, and I wonder today if you've ever been tricked before. Has anybody ever tricked you before? Okay, some of you have been tricked. Most of you have been tricked at some point. You know, some tricks are, are kind of kind of harmless, right? Like, like they're all in good fun. Like, you know, you, somebody played a prank on you or something like that, and we can kind of laugh it off. And then other tricks are not so much fun, are they? Like, like the scams, right? We get these st scam calls all the time or somebody, you know, saying, hey, you know, uh, uh, we, we need you to go to this website to, to re-enter in your you know, username and password for your bank account. And you're like, oh my, I need to go do this. And, and actually it was, a, it was a, a, a trap that would collect your username and password and they empty out your bank account. It's like, oh, I've been tricked. Oh, you know, I mean, some of those tricks aren't so much fun, are they? Um, but we, we get tricked sometimes in life. We get trapped in life. We get scammed. And there were so many attempts to, to trick Jesus, to trap him, to get him fumbled up in something. So, so we're going to start with the very first one that we know of. And this wasn't actually something that was done by, by humans, uh, but this is about temptation. And, and have you ever faced any temptation before? Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted by something before. Okay, that should be pretty much all of us, right? I mean, like it's a silly question. Of course, we've all been, been tempted before. Some of you have been tempted, you know, uh, maybe a year ago, right? Or, or tempted uh, last month or last week. Some of you are tempted right now. You're like, I just got to get on social media right now, you know? Some of you are tempted to, to lie about my question and not raise your hand at all, you know? Some of us are, are, are tempted, you know, by, you know, going Going back and getting another cup of coffee or something like that. We're, we're tempted all of the time. But, but the, the temptation that we're specifically talking about is not, not being tempted to go and have, you know, another brownie at the table or something. What the, the temptation is, is in your notes. Temptation is when we're enticed to act against God's will. When we're enticed to do something that, that we know that displeases God, or maybe we don't even know that it displeases God, but we're being tempted to do something that goes against God's standard, that goes against God's will for our life even. Like we're tempted to do something that we know God doesn't want us to do, that God doesn't approve of in our life. And we've, we've all faced temptations. I guess even this past week, maybe even today, we've all faced some temptations, and, and you're going to face them all of your life. You know, temptation is a part of life. You're going to face temptations for the rest of your life, man. And, and it's like, man, I want to be encouraged. I'm sorry. But let me tell you, you're going to face temptation all throughout life because we have a fallen nature and we live in a fallen world. So the question that is worth exploring, though, is how do you deal with it? How do you deal with Temptation. Most of us, we have no method of responding to it. We're just like, well, I just go with it, you know. Uh, in fact, I had a friend growing up, and, and he told me uh, at a very early age, he says, if any idea pops in my mind, I just do it. 
I'm like, no questions asked? He's like, no questions asked. I just do it. I'm like, man, that could be a very dangerous thing to do in life. And, and before you knew it, um, he ended up in a high-speed chase somewhere down uh, on the East Coast somewhere, ended up in jail for a while. Because, yeah, he just did whatever popped into his mind. He just did it. Most of us have, have no tools to fight temptation. So the question that I think is worth asking ourselves is, can I build a defense? Can I defend myself against temptation? Because if we can't defend ourselves, then we're just at the mercy of every temptation, every thought that pops into our mind. Wouldn't it be nice to build a defense in our life to protect us against the temptations that we face? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to defend ourselves against these attacks that come against us, trying to draw us further away from God? Well, it's important for us to realize and to know this thing that's in your notes, that we don't have to yield to temptation unless we choose to, right? Like, like we don't have to do it. We don't have to yield to the temptation. We choose it. Every sin we've done, like we chose to do it. Like we weren't forced. You know, we, we chose to do these things. But we're going to look in, in Scripture at Jesus being tricked. It says in Matthew 4, verse 1, it says, then Jesus, and I got to stop us right there. First word, then implies that something happened previously, right? So what happened previously? Let's rewind already. We're going to back up. It says, then Jesus, what happened right before this is Jesus went to John the Baptist. This was a relative of his, and he asked John the Baptist to baptize him. John was a little hesitant because he knew this is the Son of God. He, he didn't feel like he was qualified, but Jesus said, no, I want you to do this anyway. So he did it anyway. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. As Jesus comes out of the water, we, we see that there's a dove that descends on him. It's the Holy Spirit, and a voice from heaven says, this is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. We see three parts of the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all there in this amazing uh, you know, scene that we love to paint and portray, like, oh, all, you know, God is here and blessing. And then we go right to this. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Like, man, like, I mean, what, like they, they don't waste any time here at all. It's like he's baptized. He's like, okay, we're going to the wilderness right now. So Jesus is led, led by who? Led by the Spirit. Like this, this kind of bothers me a little bit, to be honest with you. Like the Holy Spirit is leading Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted. Now God doesn't do the tempting, but he allows us to be tempted. He was led there, and he's now going to be tempted. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. You probably know what it's like to be very hungry, don't you? He, was, he didn't have food for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Some of us, we can't even go 40 minutes without being hungry. And here, Jesus is gone 40 days, and he's very hungry. And, and, and he's just starving almost. He's at, on the borderline of life and death. And during that time, the devil came to him and said to him, If you're the Son of God... Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Like, I mean, it seems innocent enough, right? Just make some bread out here. Turn the stones into loaves of bread. But, but that would be obeying what the, the devil was tempting him to. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Like, he's setting up this whole thing. He's saying, no, I, I don't live just by bread. I live by 
the words of God. And, and his first temptation is by turning uh, uh, stones to bread. And it might not seem like a big deal until we re rephrase that, right? He, his first temptation has to do with his appetites. His appetite, like what he's craving. Turn the stone into some freshly baked bread. I mean, come on, if you're the son of God, like you could do this. This seems innocent enough. Hey, why don't you just have a little bit of something to eat here? Like nobody would blame you. You're hungry after all. But think about the original sin. Like let, let, let's, let's rewind to Adam and Eve. Wasn't that all about their appetites? Like here's Adam and Eve and, and they're in a garden. And this is a lush garden. There's every kind of, you know, fruit and vegetable, all kinds of food there. Most likely, they're, they're full. Like, they've eaten not too long ago. And they're in the garden. They've got everything that they want. And then they're tempted by their appetites. Why don't you eat this? Now, we contrast that with Jesus. Now the temptation is even, even tougher because he's not in a garden. He's in a desolate place. He's in a desert. There, there's not much out there. There's nothing for him to, to feed himself. And now he's being tempted. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. And Satan shows up when Jesus is at his weakest and most vulnerable point. Says He's hungry and I'm going to get him to obey me. He's hungry. This is the time to get him because he has an appetite. He has a craving. Are you ever tempted by your appetites? Are you ever tempted by those things? And you notes, we're often tempted by the things that we crave. For some of us, maybe it's food. For some of us, maybe it's, it's drugs or, or alcohol or, or sexual appetites or, or maybe it's the appetite for, for greed. What is it that you crave? What are your appetites? That's what Jesus was tempted with. This insatiable desire to, to, to fulfill those appetites, to fill those cravings. And he says, no, man doesn't live by that. I live by the words of God. Continuing on here in verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. This really, really high point up there. It, it, was, it was about 150 feet above the ground, but it was overlooking the valley. So, so it was probably about 450 feet down to the bottom of this valley. And, and the devil brings Jesus to this very high point and says, If you're the Son of God, jump off. Like, like, like what, what is he doing? Like, this is a weird temptation. Another weird one, right? Is if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Like, this is kind of a, uh, a crazy temptation. The devil brings him up and says, throw yourself off. Throw yourself off. Just jump right off here. And, and it seems weird. And I always thought it was weird until, until I was at visiting uh, Niagara Falls when I was younger. And I was standing on the edge of Niagara Falls. And it was crazy, at least at the time, how close you could get. Like, I was only like maybe two or three feet away. And I'm looking over the edge. And you know what thought pops out of my head? Like, just jump off. Like, I bet you can survive this thing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, but there is a chance that maybe I could. I'm like, I wonder what would happen. I'm like, what? I wonder what it would feel like. And it was this thought that popped in my mind. And it was, it was a crazy thought. Fortunately, I didn't do it. Thank the Lord, because that's just plain stupid. But, but think about Jesus in the situation here, right? He's up on this, this high point. He's like, jump off. What, what, was, what was the devil appealing to here? I believe that he was appealing to to this, this, this need for popularity or, or for this pride. Because, he, you know, you see what he said there? He said back in uh, verse 6, it's if you're the son of God, if you are, 
If you're, if you're the son of God, like he's throwing doubt there. Like, I don't even know if you're the son of God, but if you are, why don't you prove it to everybody? Like everybody's watching, why don't you just prove it? Use this so-called power that you have and just, just hurl yourself off. That'll get you a lot of followers, right? Like, like, just throw yourself down. You don't believe me. This works. You see it on social media all the time. I don't know why, but whenever I get on social media, I see these people that free solo climb the side of skyscrapers, like hundreds and hundreds of feet up, no ropes, no nothing, just their hands and feet, and they're just climbing up the side. Why do they do that? They do it to get followers and to get likes. They're doing crazy things, and it's like, hey, I bet people would click like Jesus if you jumped off of here and an angel kind of caught you and you just drifted down. You're like, hey, guys, you know, how's it going? Why don't you follow me now? And, and that's, what, that's what he's tempting him. He's tempting him with pride because in your notes, pursuing pride, though, always leads to destruction. And Jesus knew that he could not embrace this pride, like, like showing off, like, hey, look what I can do. I can just jump off of here. It won't hurt. It'll be kind of fun. Everybody will see it, and then they'll know that I'm the son of God. They'll know I got power because I jumped off of here. Continuing on in verse eight, next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. I will give it to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. He's like, hey, you can have it all. You can have all the kingdoms of this world. You can have it all. And Jesus replied, Verse 10, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil went away and the angels came and they took care of Jesus. The devil is basically saying, hey, I know you want a kingdom, right? Like that's why you came to this earth, right, to build a kingdom? You know, I'll just give it to you. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. All you got to do is just kneel down. Like, you don't even have to really mean it. Just kind of kneel down and just say, I just worship you, you know. And that's all you got to do. And I'll give it all to you. I'll give you all the power that you want. Hey, Jesus, you can skip the cross if you want. You, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to get beaten. You don't have to go suffer. You don't have to get a crown of thorns. None of that. So all you got to do is just bow down and I'll just give it all to you. We'll, we'll just skip to the good part. Like, we'll just skip to the part where you got the kingdom, right? And most people will do anything for that power. They'll bow down to anything to get the power, the prestige. You know, in your notes, the pursuit of power will often bring corruption. You're like, no, that couldn't be. I mean, just look at politics, right? It's like people pursuing power, and it always seems like it turns to corruption time after time. The pursuit of power leads to that, and that's what the enemy is, is offering Jesus now. He's tempting him with power, saying, let's just skip to the good part. Let's just skip to the part where, where you win, where you're in charge of everything. But Jesus saw right through it. He saw right through it. And he said, no, no, I'm not going to worship anybody except my God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us firmly hold on to the faith we profess. So he said that we have this high priest, this Jesus, who went to heaven Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. Now, it's easy for us to think like this, right? Maybe you're going through a difficulty. Maybe you're facing temptation. Maybe you're facing uh, bondage and addiction. You're like, well, well, God doesn't know. Like, he's perfect. Like, how, how could God understand what I'm going through? Like, God's got more important things than, than understanding what I'm going through. And yet here it says, we have a high priest. We have Jesus who can empathize, who understands our weaknesses. He says, but we have one who has been tempted, underline this, tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Think about the things 
that you've been tempted with in your life. Think about the worst thing that you've ever been tempted, the, the baddest of the bad thing, like the thing that you would never open your mouth, you would never admit to being tempted to, Jesus was tempted with that also. It says that he was tempted in every way, just as you are. Every temptation. Yet, the one difference was, yet he did not sin. He did not give in to the temptation. See, Jesus faced all the same temptations that you face. He faced the appetites, as we saw with the bread. We, he faced the, the, the pride, the popularity, the, these traps there. He, he faced the, the, these power things and trying to pursue power and fame and fortune and all of these things. He faced all of those same temptations, but yet he never sinned. See, temptation, it's, it's a trick. And you know, it's, temptation may be, look good, but it's a trap. It's a trap sent to, sent to trap you, to drag you further away from God. But did you know that you can resist the devil? Did you know that you can, you can stop his attacks and they don't have to overcome you? So many people, they don't realize that. They just go along with whatever. They just try to battle it on their own and their own strength. But you don't have to allow it to overcome you. Look what it says here in James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Underline that. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And, and we love this verse, right? To resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But you know what? I just had you underline the second part of the verse, when what we really should have done is underline the first part of the verse, which says, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to God. That means to walk humbly, to submit myself. See, just resisting the devil in my own strength, in my own power, is not going to do a lick of good. It's not going to do anything. I can resist him all day long, but I don't have power. But when I submit myself to God, when I come humbly under God's uh, power and authority and say, God, I want you to direct my life. I want your spirit to fill my life. I submit myself to God. Then and only then I can resist the devil and he'll flee from me. It starts with being humble before the Lord. See, God resists the proud and he gives grace to those who are humble. He says, Lord, I want to be in your will. We know Jesus was constantly in the will of his heavenly Father. What do you think he was doing out there for 40 days? He was aligning himself with his Father's will. He was talking to his Father. He was getting direction and guidance from his Father. Are you submitting yourself to God or are you resisting God? Are you submitting yourself to, to whatever temptation comes around? Or are we submitting ourselves to God? Are we coming humbly to God? See, Jesus, he had a plan to deal with temptation. You know, Jesus wasn't caught off guard in that wilderness, right? What do we see the very first verse we read? It says, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. It's like, come on, Jesus, you're going to be tempted. So what do you think Jesus was doing? He was prepared. He was ready for the attack. He was ready. He, he wasn't caught off guard. He was prepared for it. He wasn't like, oh my, where did you come from, devil? Like, I never thought of this. Like, I didn't know that you were going to tempt me out here. He knew, and he fought the temptation head on. So how did he do it? How did he fight it? In your notes, Jesus fought the temptation with the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's Scripture. We see each time. You know, he's tempted with the, with the loaves. He says, hey, Scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone. He says in the next one, you know, Scripture says you shouldn't tempt the Lord your God. The next one, he says, Scripture says only worship the Lord your God. See, he fought the devil. He defeated the devil by knowing Scripture, by quoting Scripture. He says this in Psalms 119, 
verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. See, I hide God's word in my heart to protect me from sin. Are we hiding God's word in our heart? Are you hiding it there? See, I can't fight the temptation on my own. I can't fight the enemy. I can't fight these temptations on my own, but God has given me the weapons that I need. And it's in his word. And it's in scripture. And, and as I read it, and as I study it, and as I memorize it, and as I meditate on scripture, this is why I challenge people to read scripture at least five minutes every day. Spend five minutes in reading, five minutes uh, in prayer, and five minutes listening for the voice of God. But at least spending those five minutes in scripture as you're getting to know scripture. But is that enough? No, it's, it's important for us to, to begin to memorize scripture, to meditate, which is basically just to think about what it says here. See, Jesus' plan, heading into temptation, heading into battle, hand-to-hand combat against the devil, was to use the word of God. But do we go to God's word in time of temptation? Do we use this as our defense? See, we don't have to give in to temptation when we know God's word and we have his word in our heart. So is God's word a priority for you? Some of you might say, well, I know what John 3.16 is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Yeah, it's a great verse. Like many of us know that. If you don't know it, I would encourage you to know it. That's great, but is that all you need? No, probably not, because you know the temptations that you face. See, this is what I'm talking about when I say that you prepare for battle, right? Because you know the temptations that you're gonna face. Like most of us, we know. We know if it's food, we know if it's alcohol, we know if it's sexual temptation, we, we know if it's an addiction, we know what temptation that we face, so then what we do is we go to God's word. We know if it's anger or if it's morality, if it's lying, if it's greed, if it's using you know unkind words to other people. We know what our temptations are, so you go to God's word and see what God's word says about it and then begin to memorize those things. We begin to hide that in our heart, so then when the temptations come, when the temptation comes to, to, to have anger, we say, no, you know what? Scripture says that, that you know, we should you know, not allow anger to control us, that we don't let the sun go down while we're angry to be angry and don't sin. Like These are verses that I want to memorize so that when I'm tempted to be angry, I can, I can reflect on what God's Word says. See, that's how God's Word can help us to fight these attacks. In your notes, the Word of God can break through any bondage, any bondage that you face, any temptation that you face. We need to get into God's word, find out what it says, memorize those things, so then we can have our sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, so that when we're attacked, we're not caught off guard. We're not caught unarmed. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Did you know that? Like some people, like, like we get so embarrassed about the things that we get tempted with. Like, so ashamed. I've had people say, like, I gotta, I gotta just tell you this temptation I've been having, and I just, you know, I don't want you to think less of me. I'm like, you tell, like, I'm like, dude, everybody gets tempted with the same thing. Like, we all get tempted with the same thing, but the, the devil, he wants us to isolate. He wants us to think that, that you're so weird, you're so unique. Nobody else gets tempted with this. He says the temptations in your life are no different from what other people experience, and God is faithful. Aren't you glad to know that we serve a God who's faithful? a God who gives us the tools, a God that gives us the, 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 the weapons that we need to fight this battle. God is faithful, and look what it says. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Like, he's not going to allow it to get so bad that, that you can't stand it. He says, he will not allow the, it to be more than you can stand, and when you're tempted, he'll show you a way out so that you can endure. He'll show you a way out. 
Did you know that, that every temptation that you face has two qualities about it? Number one, it's not so strong that you can't resist it. And number two, there's a way out so you can avoid it. That, that's all, every temptation. God wants to give you a way out. You will face temptation in life, but God always provides a way out. Just this past week, I took a trip with my family up to Massachusetts, and we were going along, and we ended up getting on a road, and there was a toll ahead. And as we're driving, there's a sign right on the side of the road. It says, there's an exit. This is the last exit before toll. Like, if you don't want to pay the piper, then get off now. Get off now. It's a warning saying there's something coming up ahead, but you can get off now. And God always provides us a way of escape. The problem is, is you got to look for it before you get there. Most of us, we get all the way up there. Like, where's this way of escape? I'm in the middle of sin right now. It's like, no, you already blew pie up. You weren't even paying attention. You weren't even looking for it because the temptation caught you off guard. See, this is why we have to, to be aware that temptations will come and that we can resist them if we stay humble before God. And it won't be more than you can bear and God will always provide you a way out. So you can choose whether you're going to surrender to God or whether you're going to surrender to temptation. What's it going to be? See, in your notes, temptation is only a question and you provide the answer. It's just a question. Hey, why don't you do this? Hey, doesn't this look fun? Don't you think you should try this out? Why don't you go back into this habit? Why don't you, you, uh, you know, embrace this addiction a little bit longer? What is the answer that you're going to give to that temptation? Are you going to give in or are you going to resist by the power of the Holy Spirit? Some of us, we get into things we're like, well, the devil made me do it, right? You ever said that? Hear somebody say, well, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything, right? Like we chose it. We chose it. We saw the temptation. We said, yep, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do that. Every single thing that we did, every sin that we've fallen into, we made the choice. You were enticed, but you chose to do it all on your own. So the question is, is are you expecting temptation to come? Most people aren't expecting it. I think most of us, you're going to get tempted today. You're going to get tempted tomorrow. At least in the next few days, you're going to have temptation that comes against you. But don't get caught off guard when it comes. And if you don't know what to do, now is the time to train. Now is the time to hide God's word in your heart so that you can have your sword sharp and ready to fight off this temptation. See, soldiers win battles because they train for it. They practice. They run through the scenarios. They have their tools and they have their weapons ready. Have you role played? Have you thought about what am I going to do when I'm in that situation that I'm going to be tempted to compromise in? What am I going to do when someone asks me to do something that I know God doesn't want me to do? What am I going to do? Let me plan it in advance. Let me check out the way of escape so that I can take it before I even get there. And our weapon, our primary weapon is God's word. Is your weapon ready? And have you practiced with it? Have you trained for it? Are you alert and being aware just as Jesus told his closest followers in the last moments before he was captured and ultimately crucified. He said to his disciples, he said, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. He's saying, be alert, be, be looking around, be vigilant and pray so you don't fall into temptation. And you always have a choice and you don't have to give in to temptation any longer because God's word is there as our sword to fight off the attacks of the evil one. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your word, which, which inspires us. We thank you for your word, which is our sword 
that we can fight off. We can fend off the attacks of the evil one. We can fight off the temptations that come at us. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, don't let another day go by. Like he's inviting you into his family right now. I know you've been going through your life just giving in to temptation, just doing whatever, because you've had no resistance to it. But Jesus is inviting you into his family now. If you believe God raised him from the dead and you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, then you'll be saved. Wherever you are right now, won't you call on his name? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I want to resist temptation. I want to turn from my sin, and I choose to follow you. So God, we thank you. We thank you for giving us the tools that we need. And we're sorry, God, for the times that we just blew past the signs, the warnings, the opportunities to get off. We blew past it and just said, I'm going right for this sin, Lord. I'm just going to go for it. Lord, we are sorry for that. We're sorry for our sin. We want to take the path you have for us. We know you've promised that you won't give us temptation more than we can bear. We know that you've promised that we can resist the devil when we come to you humbly, submitting ourselves to you. We know that you've promised that you'll always provide a way of escape when we put you first. So, Lord, help us to take that opportunity, to take that way of escape, to fight off temptation with your word, just as Jesus did when the devil tried to trick him. Lord, let us take that same path in Jesus' name. Amen.